you know, if you want to get everything from the game of baseball, you've got to expect to give everything to the game of baseball. That's basically just based off of the pitcher you're facing, the situation you're in, and, and knowing what you're going to get and not trying to do too much with it. And so having a routine that you can go through consistently every single day to get your, your mind in a similar situation every day is, is big. Even the big leaguers, you know, are, are going through and, and getting their routines in every single day. You know, there's a ton of guys playing in the big leagues that are just grinders, man. They just work their butts off every single day. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we are here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. For all of our return listeners, we're happy to grow with you again. And for all our new guests, don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. On this episode, we sit down with Taylor Snyder of the Colorado Rockies organization. Taylor is the son of Corey Snyder, nine-year MLB vet. He dives into his childhood and his personal development coming up through the system. Taylor was drafted in the 13th round of the 2016 draft. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad. Here's Taylor Snyder. Welcome back to the farm system. We're sitting down with Taylor Snyder of the Colorado Rockies organization. Taylor, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to sit down and chat with us here at the farm system. Yeah, of course. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, you know, a big reason we wanted to have you on is we had, you know, Brady on last week, and he's kind of had that, you know, that AAA perspective, but you're really in the grind of coming up and um, being mentored and, and developed into the play, player you're going to be tomorrow. Um, I think you share, and uh, me and Bo both agree that you share this interesting perspective of, you know, that transition um, into pro ball and, you know, how that looks. And I think you can provide a lot of value to our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, the lower levels, the minor leagues are, it's all about development. You know, wins and losses are great, but the the main thing here for us is, is developing and, and becoming players that they hope us, they hope we are, you know, in, in two or three years from now. So, well, before we kind of jump into some of that development, can you kind of tell and touch on your journey um, that the game of baseball has taken you on so far? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, baseball has taken me on an incredible journey, honestly. Uh, it's been up and down and left and right in every which way you can think of. But, uh, you know, coming out of high school, you know, I thought I was in a good position to where I knew exactly where my baseball career was headed and um, got into college and, and went through some struggles and, and had to deal with some stuff that I wasn't used to and uh, back to, you know, being drafted and, and starting my professional career. So, I mean, it's it's a roller coaster ride, but it's it's great. You know, I've met hundreds of guys now at this point that I consider close friends and guys from all over the world and I've I've played all over the world and traveled all over the country to to different places that I probably would have never been had I not been in baseball so baseball has opened up an incredible journey for me so far yeah man and I also too I mean obviously a big part of your journey um you know you're you're always going to be known as that that it will be vet I mean when you grow up with a a father like yours I'm sure baseball is kind of pumped in you from the very beginning what was that like growing up um with your 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 dad and 
kind of what what did that journey look like between you two? Uh, you know, it was it was awesome. Uh, especially when I was younger, uh, my dad was out of ball for a little while and kind of just hanging out and and raising the family. And so I had him there a lot uh, when we were younger. You know, I'm sure Bo has talked to you about that. We played on the same team when we were when we were younger kids and. I mean, he uh, he gave you a new perspective of, of of baseball because kind of been there and done that and knows his way around the block and uh, was able to prepare me um, differently than I feel like some people get the opportunity to be prepared uh, just because he's been through it all. So, what 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 was the expectation like? I mean, I I know personally playing on the stars, we were kind of held to a, a different level of expectation. How how did that kind of play into it as far as that relationship with your dad? The biggest thing my dad, I think, did for me, aside from, you know, teaching me the, the uh, obvious skills for baseball, was uh, just never letting me settle. Um, my dad, you know, I, I like to think unbiasedly, but had a, a bigger picture for me when I was a kid. You know, he saw potential in me and, and saw that, you know, I could maybe make a career out of this baseball gig. And so... He uh, he held me accountable and and made me work harder than I think most people, just because obviously he knows the route and and knows uh, what what it takes. And so it was it was just stuff like you know me and him always had a, a quote uh, growing up that uh, hard work speaks talent when talent doesn't work hard, and that was really profound to me because you know there's always going to be guys that are more talented than you out there and and have a better skill set than you, but there really, at the end of the day, should be no excuse for somebody to outwork you. And uh, it comes down to just, you know, if you want to get everything from the game of baseball, you've got to expect to give everything to the game of baseball. And, and that's just constantly grinding and uh, looking to get better. For for me as a kid, you know, it was, oh, I had a great high school season, you know, that's right where I want to be. But to him, it was like, okay, he was looking for the next step, like, okay, you got to get ready for college now and, you know, have a good college year and, okay, that's great. Enjoy it while it lasts, but, I mean, you got to get ready for the next step. And then, you know, you get drafted and you're on that high of being drafted. And to him, it's like, all right, you know, that's great, but bear down and there's still work to be done. So I like that. It's a, it's a different perspective that you're able to see. So you were drafted, you signed in the 13th round with the Colorado Rockies. Can you kind of take us through what that experience was like? Yeah, so that was uh that was an awesome experience for me as well. Um you know, I I went to uh I was at Colorado State Pueblo and um had a great team, great coaching staff and uh was able to to have a successful year there, you know, and coming down to the end of the year, you know, I'd ha- I knew I'd had some some good games in front of the right people and I knew I'd had some scouts, you know, on me, but but nothing real serious and uh so I, I finished the season and, and talked to a couple scouts and, you know, they're pretty vague in, in uh, letting you know if you're going to be drafted or not or where you're going to be drafted and stuff like that. And so I uh, was lined up to play summer ball in the uh, Jayhawk League in Kansas for the Liberal BJs. And uh, I actually went out there for, as soon as I got out there to Liberal, we got on a bus, we headed to Wichita for like a seven game um, away stint. and I played about five games and uh, that that landed the day that I was, was drafted. And so I get the phone call in the morning and I'm um, super excited and figure out, you know, they say, okay, well, we want you in Grand Junction, Colorado for 
you know, the rookie ball season, we want you there tomorrow. And here I'm in Wichita, Kansas, away from my car, away from everything. So I, I go talk to my summer ball coaches. I'm like, look, I just got drafted. You know, they're stoked for me and uh, take me to the airport. I rent a car, drive back to Liberal, get my car, pack all my car back up, head back through Colorado, get all my clothes from Colorado, and then I you know, head straight to Grand Junction to, to start the rookie ball season a couple of days later. So it was uh, a super emotional um, exciting time for me. And it was just a blast. Oh, that's an awesome story. So, you know, you go from playing summer ball, which is, you know, obviously pretty laid back, you go get your stuff, you drive straight over there. And then the next day, you know, you're putting on your, your Rockies gear, you're, you know, you're Rocky now. And, uh, what was, what was your biggest adjustment, you know, going into pro ball? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, that was, it was a little surreal, you know, going from, laid back summer ball kind of just hanging out with some homies to okay like you know now you gotta <laughs> start grinding so I mean the biggest adjustment uh on the field was just you know you come from high school or college or wherever and, and you may be you know one of the the best players at your high school or one of the best players at your college and stuff like that and then you get to pro ball and you look around and you know all of these guys you're playing with were the best at their high school or the best at their college or whatever and so, I mean, it's just an adjustment of, of playing really good baseball. You know, it, it, the game speeds up a little bit because it's just better players and, and better baseball. And so, obviously, pitching gets a little better. Guys get a little better with command and, and stuff like that. So, that was the biggest the biggest thing on, on field was just adjusting to being around really good players all the time. The biggest thing off the field, obviously, I, I, w- I would say is just the travel, you know, it's, you play college ball and, and that's a grind for sure. But then you get into pro ball and it's a whole different thing. You know, you got seven hour bus rides to the middle of the night and you're in and out of hotels all summer and playing, you know, 76 games in rookie ball and then 140 in shorts or in regular season. So just adapting to that grind and, and realizing that it's a really long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So I could only imagine what that does to your body, man driving overnight and having to go play the next day it'd be tough yeah um, that one's crazy I, I i'm impressed with some of those minor leaguers that can put up good numbers i mean the big league schedule is hard but usually they're flying yeah Absolutely. and and you got that you know just like you said you go from yeah you play in college you play that certain amount of games but also to the extent of you know you're playing every day or you know every other day and and you or you have a little break a day here or they there um that's a different you know demand out of your body and you know just like you said you're going from playing summer ball to all of a sudden you know you got this new schedule you got to keep up with um i'm sure that you know it's a different you know toll as a baseball player and having to learn how to you know get reprepped and ready to go for the next day absolutely i mean you got to be ready every single day i mean in college you you play on the weekends you might have a midweek game here and there but I mean, in college, you have all week to prepare and, and get your body ready and, and heal if you need to heal. And, and then you got, you know, three or four games to to power through on the weekend. But in pro ball, man, it's it's every single night with uh, not a lot of breaks. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Kind of reverting back to the younger years when we were playing together. One thing I loved about playing for your dad was his approach. Um, I remember him always telling us, just swing hard in case you hit it. How much of your hitting approach is built off that and is mental versus physical? So, I mean, I, uh, I, I rolled that, that uh, swing hard in case you hit it type approach for a really long time and uh, it worked. But then you, you get into 
leagues with, you know, some better pitchers and, and they know how to pitch around that hard swing. So, uh, I still have it. I mean, I still have a very aggressive mindset, um, at the plate, but, uh, I've, I've developed more of a, a mental approach, um, which is based off of the pitcher, the situation, obviously we do, uh, I'm sure a lot of teams do it, but with the Rockies, we keep a, a pretty solid, uh, hitters chart on each pitcher that we face so the second time around facing pitchers you know you have a pretty good idea what you're going to see and and you build an approach off of the situation in the pitcher that you're facing whether that's you know sitting fastball out over the plate early in the count or looking for a fastball in to jump on or whatever it is but uh early on in my career uh it was very my approach was very physical I mean I was hunting fastballs that's what my dad did and it worked for him uh, but uh, I've I've developed more of a mental approach as of late the last couple of years, and and that's basically just based off of the pitcher you're facing, the situation you're in, and and knowing what you're going to get, and not trying to do too much with it. Yeah, I love that. I think I think you know a big thing too is calculating into that approach is what you can do. You know, what you can do physically, obviously, you know, let's say a guy like Aaron Judge, he knows he can do something a little bit different or, you know, obviously knowing what you're good at. And so um, I know that that's a big thing. You know, as you go into pro ball, you start learning even more. I mean, obviously, you've learned what you can do over a college career. You've learned what you can do in high school career. And then all of a sudden you get the pro ball. Like you said, these guys are good. And you start realizing what you can do with that caliber of pitching and things like that. And, uh, you know, uh, I just I'm I'm so interested in the mental side of your you know, the approach and things that you've learned. So like, you know, what, what to this point, what have you learned that you, um, what have you learned through that, you know, physically when you hit that you do really well? Um, physically, you know, I'm, I, I wouldn't consider myself just a straight power guy. Um, I've, I've learned that, you know, in my earlier years, I, I was the power guy on the team, but um, now I'm starting to learn, you know, to stay with more of a gap to gap approach and, and not trying to do too much. And, and uh, taking what you get, honestly, that's huge in, in the, at this level of baseball is you're not going to get a cookie, you know, over the plate every at-bat that, that you can do damage and, and hit out of the park with. You know, you got to – some at-bats, you, you're going to have to hit a pitcher's pitch. You're going to have to try and do what you can. And, and so not getting – uh, I guess not getting uh, out of yourself as far as trying to do too much and, and, like I said, just taking what you can get. So, yeah – Take us through your daily routine now that, you know, you're kind of getting accustomed to it. You've been up there for a couple of years, starting to build a routine. What does your routine look like um, waking up day in and day out? So, uh, I mean, I wake up roughly around 10, 1030, um, get my breakfast in, uh, go to the gym. I, we, we do uh, here in the Rockies organization, we do Sparta. That's the uh, weight training program we go through. And so we're getting, you know, three to four Sparta workouts in a week. So wake up, you know, do my thing, breakfast, get my workout in, come back home, have a little alone time, you know, to to read or, or watch Netflix or, you know, whatever it is. And then uh, head to the field around two, we get there. And the first thing I like to do is, you know, obviously change and, and get my mind right. And then I like to go to the cage and, and go through my, my routine that I go through every single day to try and get my mind right for hitting and obviously do that before BP, take that right into BP and um, after BP, come in and have your little pregame meal and hang out with the team and do what you got to do. Listen to music. Sometimes I listen to music. Sometimes we play cards, just whatever. You, you got to kill a lot of time. But then, you know, just ultimately getting yourself ready for the game. And you go through the game and the game gets over 10, 1030, come back in, 
shower up, eat dinner, and you know you're back home by midnight. Hopefully, be asleep by one, <laughs> and do it all again. You talked about you know you go through a certain routine and you're in the cages that you like to do to get you mentally ready for the game. Can you kind of walk us through you know what you find in that routine you find important for you to have success in the game? Yeah, first drill that I do every day is my fungo drill, and I actually somewhat developed it as a joke in college, not a joke, but uh, accidentally, I guess, in college one day, my junior year, we were sitting in a a lightning delay for like an hour and a half, and uh, they finally let us back out on the field, and we were kind of just hanging out for 30 minutes, waiting to make sure that we had the okay to start playing, and I just started hitting fungo to some of the pitchers, Um, just, they, you know, pitchers being pitchers, just wanted to get some love, and so I was just hitting them fungos as a joke. And uh, I actually had a really great game that day. And so I thought, hmm, you know, like kind of started as a superstition. Um, but then I, I started to realize, okay, you know, like when I'm doing my fungo, like I can really feel my hand path. I can really feel my rhythm. I can really feel my, my timing in my body and, and stuff like that. So then I was like, you know, what, I'm going to ride with this. And so that that's where my first drill came from was just the fungo drill. And I simply just, I'm just tossing fungo to myself and just trying to hit backspin ground balls and line drives off the back of the cage. Then I get into a uh, a no stride, no pivot drill is what I like to call it. So, I mean, essentially I'm just eliminating my legs. My legs aren't something that I generally spend a lot of time thinking about because they, they work pretty well for the most part. So uh, I do a no stride, no pivot drill and just focus hand path. And I'm, I'm just getting front toss flips and, and just working on hand path and taking the barrel of the ball and, and hitting it where it's supposed to be hit. And making sure, you know, I'm short and direct. And then I get into my regular flips of just getting comfortable, you know, getting in a rhythm and, and getting my timing down for the day. And and uh, so that's that's my, my cage routine that I go through every single day, uh, day in and day out. I'm, I'm getting those three, those three drills in, not only for my physical swing, but, I mean, it helps my, my mental part of the game because, you know, when you're grinding and going through a little slump, it's, it's crucial to have something to go back to every single day that's consistent because obviously the play on the field is going to be very inconsistent. And so having a routine that you can go through consistently every single day to get your, your mind in a similar situation every day is, is big. So touching on that consistency, I remember watching you play some high school ball here in Utah. You were kind of a prodigy. Um, you're drafted out of high school. You turned it down to go play college ball at Salt Lake Community. What advice would you give to players deciding on signing out of high school or not? Um, so uh, for me, um, I, I, I was drafted uh, later than I was projected um, to, to be drafted. And, and that's just the draft is, is super unpredictable. We all know that. Uh, so that, that helped me, you know, guide me in my decision um, at the time to, to decide to go play college ball. I had a a great scholarship to go play at Solid Community College. My brother had just finished up playing there, and so I had a, a great relationship with the coaches going in. And so obviously that was that was in the back of my mind as as far as, like, helping me with my decision. Um, and then, like I said, I, I didn't go as high as I was supposed to. But, I mean, ultimately, like, you you got you to gotta figure out if the money, the round, um, everything is, is good with your family, with you, look at your college situation of, of what you have in store for college. Do you have a good scholarship? You know, are you not sure? Does it look like you're going to have straight in playing time at the college you're going to just, just stuff like that. You really got to take into consideration and, and, 
you also have to look at it from from an outside perspective of like are you really ready um, because at the time coming out of high school for me at Salem we had just won a state championship you know I had, I had a great year and at the time I felt like I was untouchable and uh, little did I know like looking back I think had I gone right out of high school pro ball would have been a really hard adjustment for me it would have been a, a huge change that you know I, I don't know if I would have been ready or not but I like to think that I made the right decision of going to college and and uh, dealing with that and learning how to grind and, and play against some better baseball before I made that step. But it's uh, ultimately just, just there's a lot of things you got to look at. You know, it's it's exciting to be drafted out of high school. It's everything you want at the time, but you got to look at it at, from a from a career standpoint and, and figure out if it's really right. Yeah, no, I think, I'm sure, you know, like I said, every situation is different, but I'm sure some people, somebody could pull something from that and, you know, again, just giving some things away before they make that decision. Um, all the players, you know, all players, they all have particular areas that they like to focus on in their game, things that they're, you know, they know they need to get better at or it's who they are or et cetera, et cetera. What are some areas that you focus on, um, you know, or you get some extra workout, you know, routinely like daily or, you know, extra reps, you know, defensively or, you know, maybe more in your cage routine? What are some of those things for you? Um, so, I mean, like we like we talked about, the uh, the focus, a big focus for me is obviously, you know, offense, as as is any hitter. But I'm always getting my, my early work in, my extra work offensively um, with my routine and and get some extra swings in the cage when, you know, my BP didn't feel super well or whatever it may be. But, I mean, aside from that, like, defense uh, for me is, is huge. It's something that I, I value a lot, especially being um, a type of utility player that I am at this point. I'm, I'm playing third. I'm playing short. I'm playing second. I'm playing first. I've had a couple games in left. Those are all five really, really different positions. You, you look at it from the outside and you think, okay, it's just infield and outfield. Well, no, the, I mean, the, the angles and everything off the bat, everything's just super different at all, all of those positions. And so, I mean, I take pride in, in making sure that I get my extra work at each position um, every day if possible and uh, getting out there and, and making throws and, and fielding ground balls off the bat from each angle. That's, that's something I like to take pride in. No, yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, me and Bo have talked about that before, too, as well as, you know, like, let's say you, you jump from second base straight to third base. I mean, they're completely different. Um, you know, the, obviously the angles, uh, not only that, you know, at third base, it's either a rocket or something slow. Um, and also, too, you got to throw it across the diamond. You got to get put something behind it. Second base, you got a lot more time. Um, so what, you know, what has that transition been like, you know, when you had started playing these different positions? You know, did uh, if I remember correctly, you you came when you came up through college, you were playing short. Is that correct? Right, right. I uh, I grew up pretty much a shortstop. You know, when we were when we were young, uh, playing for my dad, me and Bo, he uh, he valued us playing a couple different positions uh, at that time. But once I got into high school, once I got into college, I was primarily a shortstop. Um, I played second base a little bit, but. Uh, primarily shortstop and then uh you get into pro ball and and everybody here was a shortstop and so and then they start spreading everybody out and third base first base was was a whole new world for me actually my my first professional game i come into the lineup uh or i come into the the clubhouse that day i look at the lineup and i'm playing third base and i'm like what the heck i've never played third base you know (laughs) and my, my skip my skip at the time goes you know 
you comfortable at third? And I say, of course, you know, <laughs> been there my whole life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an adjustment you got to make because each position is they're completely different plays at third base. Like you said, it's, you're getting something you got to come charge or you're getting a rocket that you got to drop step in second base. You know, you gotta, you gotta have a lot of range left and right as well as shortstop. But a big thing is, is knowing the pace of play, you know, at third base ball gets hit hard at you. You have a little bit of time to gather your feet and, and get your grip proper and, and make a good throw over to first. You got time, but then you get at, to sh- over to shortstop and, and everything's got to be moving towards the bag. You know, everything, you can't be flat-footed. You can't be stationary. Everything's got to be moving because the the time is obviously a whole lot quicker. So that's a big thing. And then, I mean, get, you get over to first base and you got a uh, an L screen on your hand. <laughs> big old mm-hmm. glove just knocks down everything. You don't have to make a throw. So you just, you know, keep the ball there and sometimes flip it to the pitcher. But a lot of times you're just taking it yourself. And so just knowing the pace of play at each position and, and how quick you need to be and how much time you really have and, and stuff like that is important. Well, and I can imagine too, especially at, you know, the levels you're at too, you got these guys that, um, you know, some of these Latin dudes or these other guys that can move a little bit. So, you know, I played, right. um, Bonos, I played in the, I played in the SWAC and, you know, there's a lot of HBCUs um, there and yeah, these guys could run. And I'm like, it changes the game when these, I mean, these guys, we used to play teams where, you know, they had five guys on their team that are running, you know, four twos or four threes, and they, they're all multi-sport athletes. And, um, you know, you see them warm up in BP and you're like, can this guy really play? And then all of a sudden you get on a baseball field and, you know, if you bobble or you do anything, that guy's safe. Uh, you got guys that, I mean, can really fly. Like you got guys that are running, you know, sub fours down to first base and uh, playing up the middle, you almost can't even play at your normal depth. Like you got to take two or three steps in. Um, just to cut some time because a guy that's running a, a three eight three nine down the line hits you a routine ground ball to shortstop, he's probably going to beat it out. You know, a routine three four hopper to shortstop, it's going to be bang bang. And so you got to know, okay, who flies in the lineup, who doesn't, who do I have time, who do I do, who do I not, and and you got to you got to position accordingly. So yeah, and that's what they were just saying the other day. Um, I was watching Crawford, you know, from the Giants uh, play, and obviously he doesn't make too many errors. Um, but um, there was, I forgot who it was, I think it was either, you know, D Gordon or somebody was flying down the line uh, against them. And they're saying that about he had a backhand and he bobbled one. And they're like, that's because of the guy's speed. You know, you're thinking about, hey, I got to get this one out of my hand quick. I need to transfer fast. I need to get rid of this baseball. And, you know, it, it, it makes guys make errors that they normally wouldn't make if they had a half second more. Absolutely. It, uh, it puts it puts pressure on the defense for sure. I think you touched on a good point there too, as far as the pace of play, kind of that internal clock. I know that when I got to Utah Valley and then to Sterling with Joey, um, you know, you touched on how your dad placed a big importance on us being versatile. I think to the younger kids listening, I think the more versatile you are, the better that internal clock is when you get older. Because you know, if if you're playing shortstop your whole life and you get thrown over to third, you're going to have no idea about anything um as far Absolutely. as the internal clock goes so honestly i credit your dad a lot for my ability to understand the game of baseball as i got older and i think being versatile is huge when you as you excel in the game of baseball it is absolutely especially when you you get up to higher levels and like i said you know you get into pro ball and almost everybody is a shortstop and almost everybody is a center fielder and then you know you you fan out from there uh, obviously the exception of, of some people, but uh, 
yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it essentially comes down to whoever hits plays. And if you're hitting and another guy is hitting that plays your position, well, you got to play somewhere else. you got to mm-hmm. be in the lineup if you're hitting, and that may not be at the position you want it to be. Yep. Especially, especially when you look at, you know, like a team like the Astros. You know, the Astros, they got three shortstops that came up through the system as shortstops, and they're all playing infield. You know, uh, Otuve was a shortstop. Correa obviously is a shortstop, and Bregman was also a shortstop. So it's just crazy. You know, you get to, the higher you go up again, the best shortstop or the best fielder is moving up, and, you know, they get to the big league level, and all of a sudden now they're a third baseman at the big league level. I can imagine that adjustment as well. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 huge. And, and, and having that background, you know, earlier in life, uh, of, of playing multiple positions and, and knowing your way around the field is, is crucial because you never know. Like, I, I never thought I would be playing third base. I never thought I'd be playing first base. I never thought I'd be playing left field. But, you know, I had a little bit of experience from my past of, of those positions. And so it's just you just got to be ready. Well, and especially not trying to be a Debbie Downer, just being realistic. There's a pretty good third baseman shortstop to play for the Rockies right now, too. So. It's probably, it's, it's probably good to be able to play a couple other positions. Absolutely. Especially, you know, when you get up to that, to the the upper levels of the minor leagues and, and you're knocking on the door. I mean, if you're a third baseman in our organization and you're knocking on the door, like you better be ready to play a different position, you know, yep. because that's not going to keep you from getting the call up. Like you still may get the call up, but you're not going to be playing third. You know, you got to be ready to play right field. You got to be ready to play first base. It's It's just, it's crazy. Kind of touching on some of those guys up there at, at that big league level. You know, you're you're coming up a Rocky. What's it been like interacting with guys like Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman? Oh, it's been awesome. Those guys are just, they're great dudes. And uh, something that's super cool about this organization is we don't have much separation as far as like spring training, you know. Some, some organizations have different uh, facilities for their minor league and, and major league guys. And we don't believe in that as, as Rockies. We, uh, we're all in the same, the same building, obviously separate clubhouses, but same weight room, um, same training room for the most part, same cafeteria. And so we're, we're, we're mixing in with those guys every day. And I think that's important. It's, it's important to view those guys as, as people that you can be, you know, they're, they're, they're reachable. They're right there. You're talking to them every day. You're working out with them. You're eating lunch with them and stuff like that. So it's been great. You know, it's, it's it's fun to hit in the cage with those guys and and uh, roll out in the weight room or you know do your lifts with those guys and just pick their brain a little bit and and watch their routines because obviously ba- baseball players are just huge creatures of habit and routine and um, it's it's cool to see even the big leaguers you know are are going through and and getting their routines in every single day just day in and day out there they have their very specific routines and you just watch them you know it's it's awesome to watch them and, and see that, okay, this is important. You know, having a routine every single day that I'm going through is important. And so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool experience to be around those guys, you know, and, and, and mix in with them and, and just pick their brain as much as you can, because at the end of the day, you, you hope to be them one day. So. Yeah. And I think you touch on a good point too, because I think it's common for baseball fans or baseball players to just think these guys are, amazing creatures that do unbelievable things but they're really just really good at what they do and a lot of it's just basic routine work that a lot of other guys do as well so 
I think that's that's pretty valuable information for our listeners to hear. Right. And you have the same thing too. You know, when you go through those routines of like slowly pushing yourself, just pushing yourself a little bit more, pushing yourself a little bit more, pushing yourself a little bit more. And then all of a sudden, you know, you put those one percents all together and it, you know, someone from the outside, you don't really notice it when you're in the group. You know, you're in the group, it's like, oh, you know what you're talking about? Like all these guys are doing this, you know, it's like culture. It's like, you know, all the guys are taking extra reps, all the guys are taking extra ground balls or whatever. And then all of a sudden you look up and you, you know, especially someone that doesn't play baseball or that, you know, the fans just show up to the game and they think you guys are unbelievable. It's like you guys, you know, blood, sweat and tears every single day to make it happen. So um right. you know, there's a res- there's a respect in that of, you know, you guys you guys just the persistence of every single day doing, you know, the, the, the same things over and over again and slowly pushing yourselves to become better and better. Um, what makes you guys great? Right. I mean, you, there's, there's the guys that are just unbelievably talented, you know, and, and the game comes really easy to them, but that's not everybody. You know, there's a ton of guys playing in the big leagues that are just grinders, man. They just work their butts off every single day and did their routine every single day. and never took anything lightly and, and, and it got them to the big leagues, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's, what's awesome about this sport is I, I don't think it's completely just talent. Obviously in some cases that is huge, but I mean, it ultimately comes down to if you want it bad enough, you're going to work hard enough for it and work enough for it. And so I think that's special. If you could uh, dive into the Rockies culture and if you could, you know, describe, if you could describe the, the Rockies culture in one word, what word would you pick? I'd go with family. Honestly, it's, it's, it's big in our, our organization. Uh, we have a, a big group of guys who it's really close knit, man. We, uh, we're all looking out for each other. We're all checking up on each other. You know, there's guys at other levels who we're checking up on each other every night, you know, seeing how each other's doing and, somebody has a great game, you get a text from one of your teammates that you don't expect, like, hey, man, I see you working, just stuff like that. It's, it's, it's awesome, man. It's, it's, uh, that's, what, that's what creates good teams, in my opinion. You know, it's not just always who's got the most talented lineup. It's, I mean, it's that family. It's guys that are pulling for each other every day. It's guys that are, you know, picking teammates up and, and doing stuff like that. And so, I mean, we're, I feel like we're a, a very family-based organization and, and, I really enjoy that. That's awesome. So we've kind of touched a little bit on the high school career, touched on your the current minor league career. How important do you think your junior college experience was at Salt Lake to kind of bridge that gap? It was really important. Like I said, you know, coming out of out of high school, I I thought I had a really good idea on where my baseball career was going, and evidently I was wrong. Um, I went into to Salt Lake Community College and and uh, struggled a little bit. Um, I really learned how to deal with failure there, um, which was something that was relatively new to me in the baseball world. It was, it, it's, it's learning how to, to deal with the grind and the struggle. And, you know, everyone's going to go through those 0 for 15, you know, 1 for 25 stints. And uh, it's learning how to get out of that, letting a, or not letting a, an 0 for 10 turn into an 0 for 20, you know. And realizing that, okay, one at bat is one at bat. One game is one game. Not letting that carry on and and dwelling in failure because, I mean, we play baseball is a game of failure. You know, you fail seven out of ten times, you you might be a Hall of Famer. Um, And so that's that's very different from most sports is is dealing with that. And uh, 
that was something I feel like I, I learned. That was a lesson that I needed to learn at, at Salt Lake was, was dealing with that, you know, and, and learning how to pull yourself through. And uh, ultimately, like, breaking down the game into little successes as opposed to, you know, maybe you didn't get a hit. Okay, that that at bat might not be a failure just because you didn't get a hit. You know, did I take, did I spit on some good pitches? Did I swing at a good pitch? Did I, you know, find a barrel or did I move a runner or whatever it may be? You got you got to find successes in little things, uh, especially when you're grinding because this game's too hard to uh, base yourself solely on results all the time, as as opposed to like being detail oriented and and uh, making sure that you're taking care of the small things. Yeah, no. Um, and another thing, you know, me and Bo kind of were paying attention to is you seem to be swinging it pretty well, you know, early this year. You know, what have you what have you changed? Have you focused on anything different? Did you change your routine? You know, what what it, what made you have so much success uh, so early this year? For me, it, it, this year, I believe it's been uh, just staying within myself. I have a, a problem of trying to do too much. You know, I want to I want to be the guy that hits the home run or the guy that does this and and you know, you can't always be that guy. You got to be the guy who who is getting it done consistently, and and uh, that may not be hit hitting a home run. That may be you know moving a guy over or getting a bunt down or whatever it is. And um, that I think contributes to that. And I as well as I'm I'm really focusing on using the whole field this year. I feel like my whole life I've kind of been a a pole hitter for the most part, and this year I'm uh, really trying to use the whole field and let the ball get to me and, and drive pitches where they're supposed to be driven. I, I feel like that's that's been a, a big difference for me so far. Is that something that more you've experienced, or has there been conversations with you know managers, hitting directors, whoever it is that have kind of said, this is kind of what you need to focus on? Um, a little bit of both, honestly. You know, I've had some great hitting coaches, some great managers so far. I've been blessed, and uh, some great uh, coaches in college as well who – you know, told me for a long time that look, Snide, when you're uh, when you're driving the ball to right center, that's when you're really rolling. And it's taken me a while to to uh, really accept that and embrace the fact that you know it, it's not always about just trying to hit the the pole side home run, you know, 480 feet every time. It's it's using the whole field and and learn how to handle the bat. And uh, so yeah, I think it it comes from me as uh, as well as you know some of my coaches have have pointed that out to me. Awesome. So to this point in your career, what would you say your biggest strength is and what areas do you think you need to improve on to kind of advance to that next level? I I, I would say at this point, my biggest strength is my versatility, you know, Um, being able to play uh, four or five positions and and uh, fill that role because it's not an easy role. Um, It's not a role that everybody can do. And so I say I, I I consider that my biggest strength, and I hope to to continue to be able to to do that. As far as uh, moving on to the next level in my career, um, you know, you really it's hard to it's hard to think about that stuff. It's hard to uh, because ultimately you're you know you're not making a decision on when you're ready. It's it's your supervisors, it's your managers, and stuff like that. But uh, I think for me, it's just becoming a more consistent baseball player. You know whether it's offensively or defensively, just being a more consistent guy who's going to be there every single day and you know what you're going to get. You know, be the guy that 
when I'm coming up to the plate, you know, you know, you're going to have a good at bat out of him. Or you can send him out to third base, and you, you know, he's going to play solid defense there. You can send him out to second base, you know, he's going to play solid defense there. So I think the biggest thing for me is is just becoming better at that consistent guy. Sure. Have you have you noticed any changes in the organization um, ever since you know here in the last two years or so? Um, the analytics of the game, you know, it's been a hot button topic. A lot of guys are using you know launch angles, exit velocities, all kinds of things to help them um, show some you know feedback from their swings. Have you noticed any of that at the lower levels? Your you know coaches emphasizing that a little bit more? Are you guys tracking more data? Um, are they talking about it a little bit more? Have you noticed anything in, inside the Rockies organization? Um, yes, actually, this uh, this spring training was when it uh, it started to become a bigger thing. We got a new hitting coordinator in, and um, he he really likes the uh, the analytics and the launch angles and the the bat angle and exit velocities and things like that. And so this spring training, we uh, incorporated these swing motion um, type things that you you know you put a little sensor on the the knob of your bat and go take BP or you know go take a couple at bats in a game or whatever it may be. And uh, so I've, I've seen it. I've seen it as of late more. Um, it's been more and more incorporated um, as of spring training this year. It's uh, it's interesting stuff. It's 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 fascinating to see. It gives you something to work on. Um, gives you something to try and improve every single day, uh, as opposed to sometimes you just get in a funk of just going to the field every day and just going through the motions. And uh, when you have these these swing analytics and stuff like that on you all the time, it's it keeps you accountable to to always working on something and and not taking days off and and working to better your numbers as far as you know your your exit velocities and and launch angle and time in the zone and and stuff like that. And so I've seen it more uh, more and more, and uh, I think it, I think it's got some good stuff. Is there any part of those analytics that you've pulled from that, you know, maybe something you noticed in spring training that you're like, okay, this is something I need to work towards or um, have you pulled any, do you hold any weight um, in any of the analytics? I mean, I, I really like the idea of the launch angle. I think that's, I think that's sweet. Um, it's something that obviously I think we can always be working on. There's, there's an angle off the bat that, you know, is either going to get over the outfielders heads or get over the infielders heads. And, and that's what we're looking at. And so the rest of it, I mean, the the uh, exit velocities and stuff like that, the swing speed, um, it's it's kind of that that takes you back into to buying into who you are because you know you can't get caught up in okay, this guy has has a harder swing than me or quicker swing than me, and the ball comes off his bat harder. That well, you know what? That may not be who you are. That may be who he is, but uh, it's. These analytics, you know, kind of put you in check of, of what kind of hitter you really are and uh, just help you um, basically break down the hitter that, that you need to be and uh, look at the, the numbers that where you stack up amongst other guys and, and not try to do too much. Yeah, I know. I mean, even a guy in I know I know sometimes it helps a lot of guys and some guys it just gives them more numbers to fall into a trap with. I mean, even, uh, you know, Charlie Blackman, he he constantly talks about like, he knows that when he hits a ball, he's like, he's like, I'm not thinking launch angle. He just know he's like, when it comes off my bat at this angle, when I'm normally hitting BP, I, I, if I go back and look at the numbers, I know it's going to be a good number, you know, because I just right. hit a home run. <laughs> so, um, but he, you know, he's a big guy that he's like, you know, definitely it kind of just gives some guys just some feedback 
um, to like when they do hit a ball good, they're like, oh, it's interesting to know the numbers there. But, you know, some guys really dive into it and it's like something they perform every swing off of. And then some guys, you know, it just gives them more numbers to think about. And some guys just use it as some extra feedback to, you know, what the, you know, the ball and the bat's already telling them. Exactly. And, and that's, I mean, the biggest thing for me is, is I like it for just the extra feedback, you know, almost like reassurance in some points. I mean, you can't, you can't go into the, into BP and trying to hit balls at a perfect launch angle all the time. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. And that's, that's going to get you in a hole. In my opinion, it's hitting balls where you hit them. And then obviously you find out the launch angle later or whatever it may be. And, and then you can maybe make an adjustment or so from there. But I mean, like you said, you can, you can get yourself in trouble looking at those numbers too much, I think. Yeah, I think I think you make a good point too. I mean, your dad got the ball in the air. You know, your swing, you naturally get the ball in the air. I mean, I can see using it more as a reference instead of just focusing on this is what I have to do. Right. That's that's a big thing too. Like I know some guys are kind of the opposite way. There was Schwarber on the Cubs. I remember him talking about he went back and looked at his numbers and he was hitting the ball too high in the air. He started looking at his averages. You know, a lot of guys are hitting the ball on the ground. He realized, you know, coming out of this last offseason that he was hitting the ball too high on a consistent basis. So he kind of tweaked his swing, hit the ball more on a line. Um, so it's, you know, you got guys going both ways. Some guys are hitting too many balls too high and some guys are hitting the ball too low um, with like, you know, more negative launch angles and things like that. So I think it could be used for multiple different ways. But um, it's just interesting. Again, just another way, another thing of data, another way to give you some feedback, help, maybe help you make some adjustments, make you be more successful. I think it goes back to the old standard of you know hit them where they're not so um that's yeah kind of, absolutely that's kind, of, that's kind of what launch angle is hit them where they're not that's exactly what launch angle is well taylor we appreciate you taking some time here um know you had a game earlier today getting late there on the east coast and i'm sure you have to get up and get after again tomorrow so um you know we we appreciate you hopping on and sharing some knowledge here on the farm system hey thanks for having me boys it was uh it was a learning experience for me too, you know. <laughs> Learn yeah. something every day. Yeah, but it's a young buck. You're you're making your debut on the interview list. <laughs> there it is. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, appreciate having you on, man. Thank you. Thank you. Man, it's so awesome grabbing Taylor on. He just had a long game, you know, those seven hour bus rides. And also, you know, talking to us over in his time, Eastern Santa time, man, right you know, eleven o'clock at night. So we love him for that. But this call takeaway is brought to you by Quality at Bats. Don't forget to visit qualityatbats.com to further your mental approach to the game. Man, it's so cool back-to-back weekends interviewing an, an, an old friend, a guy I used to play with, seeing him come up in the system. What was your biggest takeaway from the call, Joey? And I think it's just so interesting. You can hear it in the tone. You can hear it in the, you know, just, just he's in that fight. He's in that, he's in that dog fight. He's in the minor leagues. He's, you know, down the lower part of the organization, working his way through, and you get to hear it in there. You can you can hear him, you know, you know, again those long days, you know, getting up, fighting that fight, learning how to get better, making those adjustments, and just really just being more of that relentless and just rigorous, you know, test every single day. Um, so I guess my biggest call takeaway is just understanding, um, you know, it's a real grind down there in the minor leagues. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, um, you know, those those just making that adjustment and what's that like. And um, I would like to think about more and more me and Bo, you know, we, we just, we want to hear from you guys as the listeners too, is how can we make that transition into pro ball and a college even easier? You know, how, what are some ways that we can make those adjustments 
um, so that, you know, maybe the guys, the kids play more, maybe um, we do some things differently in practice or, or whatever. But my biggest call takeaway is just how big that adjustment is going into pro ball. Um, and, you know, just the adjustments that he's made. So that that's definitely mine. What's yours, Bo? That's a good one. Um, for me, I pulled two things away. First thing was he touched on versatility. You know, I think that's something that's vital for every listener to understand. You know, the the more positions you play, the more opportunity you'll have when you enter college. Obviously, when you enter uh, the pro ball, like you said, everybody's a shortstop. Everybody's a center fielder. Um, the more you can adapt and play to different positions is huge. Um, I also liked how he touched on at the end as far as analytics. I think how he said, you know, some people can can take that and fall into a funk because they focus on too many numbers. Understanding how you can use that and help you develop and grow into the player you are and not not get so caught up in, you know, I need to get here, or I need to get there, just focusing on how that can actually help you get better. For sure. I think that's the next part of the game, the like game, Bo, is that's great. We have all these numbers, but how do we use them? How do we interpret them? And how do we involve them into our practices and our daily routines? So, I mean, it's all great. We can have all these numbers and we can look at it. And we all know it's kind of like a good swing. You know, back in the day, it's like a guy swung the bat and you're like, oh yeah, we can all agree that he has a good swing. But how do we develop that swing? That's great. We can see this guy has great numbers, but how do we develop that launch angle? How do we develop that exit velocity? How do we develop, you know, a swing that creates that? Um, so I think that's definitely the next part of the game is how do we actually use this data? And, um, you know, just like before, the old school guys are going to say, you know, people get lost in trying to create the same swing. People are going to get lost trying to create these same numbers. Um, so I think that's what makes a great uh, coach. I don't know what you think. What do you think about that, Bo? Absolutely. I mean, I think it, it goes back to, you know, it's 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 like the driveline thing. People think that they do this and they're going to instantly get results. That's not true. You know, you can have a great launch angle, but it's not coming off your bat very well. So I think it's understanding how to create the right the right percentages and the right numbers as a whole and not just focusing on, you know, I finally got the number. But how we can actually implement that and apply it to all of our guys in the practice setting is going to be the next step in the game of baseball. For sure. And also with that, I mean, everybody will agree that, um, you know, everybody wants to hit line drives, but that's great. That's a, you know, that's an external result. But we as coaches have to figure out how we design a swing or, or you know, help a player find his swing that creates the best results for him. Um, you know, some guys got to hit more ground balls to hit more line drives. Um, some guys need to hit more fly balls to hit more, more line drives. Just in the sense of, you know, sometimes it's just a mindset. Some guys need to, you know, think swing down to get level or, you know, to swing up. Um, and some guys need to think swing up to swing level or, you know, you know, or, or to swing, you know, in the slot. So I think that's just the biggest thing is, um, you know, how we create that and, you know, knowing different guys are going to be different. And how we do that as coaches is what's going to make us great, you know, moving forward in the upcoming years. Absolutely. Well, guys, as always, if you, whatever you guys feel like, there's so much value, so many things. I know we could all hear the same message and pull so many different things from it. So if you see some value in this and you see that, you know, this is great for somebody, you know, one of your players, or if it's, you know, someone that's in the fight, another minor leaguer that needs to hear somebody else going some, through something similar. Guys, this episode is a great way for you guys to share it. You can share it on our social media. Make sure to follow us there. Make sure to subscribe so you don't guys don't miss an episode. You want to be part of this development. Make your way over the uh, the system.farm. There's all kinds of resources on there. There's some things, big things coming soon. Me and Bo working. Me and Bo working. We got some things coming. So just keep, keep an eye on all that. Keep an eye on our social media. We have some great resources coming for you guys here soon. But until next time, Farm System out.